Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of VU Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Welcome, everybody. How you doing? How you feeling? Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. How are you? We are on our last day of conference. Anybody enjoying VU Conference 2019? It has been special from start to finish, and we're so thankful that you would be a part of this breakout. I love that as a church, we really believe in equipping the church and and making sure that we're resourcing people. We don't feel like we have all the answers or we know everything. We're not up here because we're the best at what we do, but we just want to give what we can. And so that's really what today is all about, just giving from what we can. And my name is Manushka. I'm on staff here at VU Church, and I really, I love you guys. And I help lead in our operations and um, our next steps in pastoral care, which is not worship at all. Um, That's my official title, but really uh, worship is my background. I grew up in church. I was a choir director, led worship, and then (laughs) I will lead a choir right now. Um, and then um, just moved to Miami five years ago and had the opportunity to really be a part of your church and serve it in different spaces, worship, then now really um, in an operational component. And so I'm super honored. Worship is my heart, and I love getting to talk about worship. And so I'm honored to be able to talk about worship with my two amazing friends up here. We got Doe and Mariah. Come on, can we give it up for them? I just want to thank you. Firstly, Mariah, who, I don't know if you guys were there yesterday, but Mosaic MSC absolutely led us into the presence of God in such a special way. And we're so thankful for you, Mariah, because if you guys didn't know, they really helped us when we uh, started our first EP. They really helped shape the way that we write. I know the team got to go up and do a writing retreat with you. And really, we talk about it to this day and we draw from it. We did another writing retreat and they were talking about all the things that they got to learn from you. And it really says a lot about who you are, about taking time to to invest in our church and invest in our team. So thank you so much for all you've poured out into us. We're so grateful for you. And we got Doe up here who just led. I, I was blown away. I think I ran around the Watsko one time because it was fire. And, and really, I think the gift on your life is so unique. Your voice is so unique. I think who you are is absolutely incredible on and off the platform is special and the songs that are on your heart. I love Pastor Mike sang a song that your dad wrote that really touched my heart. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And I heard it and I, it just brought me back to when I was like 12 years old and, and had a moment with God where I realized that God could use me. And so just your family and the songs that come out of uh, you guys have been such a huge impact. And so today's going to be really special. We're talking about worship is more than just a song and it might be singers, songwriters, worship leaders in this room and really our heart for worship. I believe that um, worship brings us closer to God. And it's not just the songs that we sing, but it's the lives that we live and it flows out of us. It flows from us. And I believe that God has called each and every one of us to one of us to be worship leaders, whether you're a musician or not. It's not just about a song. And we're going to talk a little bit about singing and songwriting today. We're going to have an opportunity to ask a few questions. So there's going to be a Q&A at the end. You'll have an opportunity to ask them a few questions. But really, I'm just going to open up. And really, our goal for this breakout is to just answer three questions. Why we do this, how we do it, and what we what have we learned from it. And that's really our goal that you would be able to receive from that. And I love it. People got notebooks. You're taking 
taking notes and and I think that it's going to be really helpful for each and every one of us. I'm excited to learn from the two of you and just hear your heart for worship because the two of you are two absolutely incredible worshipers and songwriters and I think what you have to pour into the next generation and into uh, what God is doing is so unique and so special. So I just wanted to open up and ask, um, where did the songwriting journey begin for you? Like, how did you guys get into songwriting? How did it all start? We can start with you, Mariah. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Um, First of all, I'm just super honored to be here. I love this church. I love what you guys are doing. I love you. It's amazing to just see all of the beautiful things that come out of your life specifically. And so um, it's amazing to just be here with you. And I love Vu forever. Okay. Where did the songwriting journey start for me? I played drums when I was a kid. Wow. And um, I know it's cool, huh? I wish you had a drum set right I'm now. I'm so bad now. I'm sorry. It didn't stay. Uh, it didn't stick. Um, but I started playing drums when I was a kid. I didn't um, like being in front of anyone. I still don't really like to be in front of a lot of people, so this is perfect. Um, but I am really introverted and I was really introverted as a child and so playing the drums was like the perfect marriage of being um, as far away from the front as you possibly could be while also being present somewhere on the stage Um, and so I loved it and I I loved um, just learning and creating and um, I loved the structure of it I love structure which is also like not super musical or musician type of thing Um, but I started to realize over time that I really like to write songs. And so I would write songs and I would I would play them in my garage, but ultimately I wanted to be a drummer. That was like my thing. And then I realized that um, when you write songs and you don't want to sing them, that other people would sing them or like that would that ultimately would be the thing. If you wanted to write songs and, and do that professionally, other people would sing them. And I started to really hate that idea of that um, because for me it was about storytelling and to the idea of somebody else telling my story was really hard for me to come to terms with at 13 years old. (laughs) So that was just funny, um, to be 13 and, and having that struggle. And so I started to sing them a little bit and show my dad and show my brother and my dad and I made this deal that for one year I would say yes every single time he asked me to sing in front of someone. And, um, It was pretty much the worst thing because it could be like five people that he invited over to barbecue or it could be 5,000 people that he was speaking to. I remember one time it was at a men's conference. I'm like, why now? Like, I made a deal. I'm not going to go back on it. But there's 5,000 men. I am the literal only girl in this place. Um, But it just helped me to to feel confident in the storytelling. And so um, after that, I started writing songs for film and TV. And that was, like, the best. For me, Just it's the most rewarding thing to write a song. And to – I don't really – love being on stage or love being in front of people but I love being able to tell the story that that comes with writing a song and so sometimes that's just what you have to do and so I love doing it when it's when it's what came from from me or came from the life that I've lived so far I love that it's beautiful hi guys um I'm from Shreveport where are my people at I know I got five <laughs> I know there's gotta, more than one. You just got to own it at this point. Where's Bryson at? <laughs> like, is he in here? He's he gone, I guess. You. He left. Wow. Um, I was looking for like three, too. 
That's a disappointment. They did not support. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So my journey with songwriting, right? And um, I'll be quick, but I just, songwriting is a mode of expression for me. And so um, I, and I don't say this in a prideful way, but I really, I'm a songbird. It's like another limb on my body. There are moments where I'll walk through something and I'll only feel better after I write a song about it. And it's, it's just like, I have to get that out there. And um, I remember one time I lost my science book. You know they would be pinning you about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Have you have a bill? And, um, and you're like 12, you know? You owe $500. But anyway, I found my science book and I remember writing this song. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd ever find each other? <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is a love song. And stand at the altar and say our vows together. And it was just like, hey, you know, I just feel like songwriting has like followed me throughout my life. I'll get songs in like dreams and, you know, all of them will not be, that's what you have to know about your songs. They're not all gonna be sung um, in front of a crowd. Sometimes it really it needs to stay in the closet and needs to stay private. But you never know which one God's going to pluck out and say, I want that one. And I do have to say that for the song that I'm most uh, known for, I've never written for a film. That is awesome. But it's called He Wants It All. And it was not my favorite song. And I hated singing it. And mom and dad would be like, yeah, sing that one. You know, and they would call me up to sing that one. And I would kind of sing it with a little bit of an attitude. <laughs> but God would put his hand on it. And, you know, I think he did that because yeah. now I can never take credit yeah. for that song. I know he dropped that song on me and he put his hand on that song. So that's been my journey with songwriting. I love it. And that's such a beautiful song. Yeah. It's funny how that happens where sometimes yeah. we think something's not good. God can take it and he can use it. Yeah, and yeah. it's a reminder to us that it's not about us and it's it's God working through us. Yeah. So what's your favorite song that you've written so far? Yeah, are you talking to me? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go second. I'll go first this time. No, I, there's this, um, it's, it's this song called... Um, emotions and it has it has everything to do with uh my process and man like every one of us hates the process but most of our fruit in life comes from the process and so that song has just been really ministering to me and and I think in the process we're all like we that's when we start questioning did I miss God or was it, did I just make all this up or did God speak to me about this? And so I had to wrestle with that and decide that I was going to trust God and come to him with my emotions. And so that's the, that's my favorite song right now. Awesome. Um, it's funny because I had a very similar experience with not loving a song with tremble. Mm-hmm. Everybody I know. I'm sorry. It's the sing truth. It. Just sing a little bit of <laughs> no, it for no, us. No. So to me, I'm like giggling over here. Like, mm, I felt that before. <laughs> it's a little bit funny too, to be like, for real God, the one I didn't like. I'm just kidding. I like it now. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite one, especially like just worship song is, is a song that is called voice memo because it's, <laughs> Um, for me, it's more like the memory of the song. Um, I, like, I love the lyrics of it. I love, 
I love the way that it came out. It's literally just a voice memo that we we recorded on our phone um, in the middle of the lobby of our church on this old piano that we that we use every Saturday for vocal rehearsal. And we've written hundreds of songs on this piano. And I literally have chills just because it's like such a beautiful memory for me of the the process of creating the songs that our church sings. And that piano fell apart pretty much like a week after that. And so it was the last thing that we ever got to do on, and you know, the piano's not necessarily important, but it is, um, it was a symbol of something that we had poured our heart and our soul into. And so to have this song that, that held such a beautiful memory of like me and my three best friends who started this ministry with me and have been through all the worst stuff and the best stuff, and we've celebrated and we've been through so much pain together, we wrote this song that's just like completely, it was sitting, it was a phone sitting on the floor of our church. And so for me, that's the most beautiful song that, that has ever come out of our church because of the weight and the memory of, of writing it and recording it. And it's like, there's maybe six lyrics in it and it's not much and there's no production in it. Um, but it's it holds so much beauty and and weight for me. I love that. We all can think of like a song that brings us back to a memory. Like you hear something, it brings you back 10 years. That's the beautiful thing about music. Like it's attached to a memory. It's attached to a moment, the process of it. Um, but I want to ask, what does a song pri- writing process look like to you? Is it always the same? Is there something that changes or something that you just always need this one lucky pen or do you need a a certain book to write but like I know that it changes but there's probably some things that are consistent in the process but what does that process look like for you yeah okay um within church specifically or with worship music it's it's very much like we don't do it alone so the way that we feel like we represent church best is with multiple people. And so because we're writing like for a specific church, for a specific place, the more voices and the more perspective and the more backgrounds and differences that we have, the better to represent a body of people. And so um, the way that we did it with VU when we did our writing retreat um, and the way we do it when we have retreats is that we have like stations set up and we have computers and like some like tracks people or people that play instruments and we rotate every 30 minutes and we do this because we like to just like pump them out and also get a lot of ideas and get our like juices flowing and so I think with songwriting there's a lot of pressure in every song to make the best thing ever (laughs) and not feel like you failed Um, but what we do is try to get as much failure out of our system as we can to get like the gold out of it and so I think our last writing retreat and I think the one with Vu was like 30 songs in a day and a half Um, and they're not like finished beginning to end but they are like multiple sections of a song so chorus and bridge or verse and chorus whatever so we just try to like get things flowing and get the like insecurity off and then um get as many things down as we can and and it's our like personal mission afterwards and we have to decide like oh that thing actually stuck with me and I have to finish it separately and we do this outside of it so we try to like make it a discipline instead of like waiting constantly for the moment where we're inspired so because I think that's really important and um so yeah that's like the practical songwriting process for mosaic that's yeah. really good. and I just want to 
tag on to that. I think that um, we have to learn to press past the moment of inspiration because that's how you finish anything in life. The beginning is always inspirational and you're like, oh, I'm going to start this thing. It's going to be great. You know, and then you've got to get to that second verse, which is usually the hardest one to write. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so just just I wanted to say that because that was really important what you said. And um, for me, I would say because um, I don't I don't get to write in group settings a lot. I write a lot um, alone. And usually a course will come to me first. And when you think about a song and the structure of a song, um, which I'm very careful when I say that because a song can come to you out of heaven and have no structure and completely change the body of Christ forever. And you need to keep that in mind. So do not put those limitations on yourself. I don't ever tell people don't go to writing, songwriting school, but I always tell them to be very, very careful because God created the song. And so there, there doesn't need to be any limitations put on you when you are opening yourself up and you're saying, God, drop something on me for the body of Christ. I've written songs that are just three courses and, and there are no verses, but they're some of the most powerful ones that, that really hit it in a corporate setting. Um, but anyway, I was going to say this about a chorus. You know, the chorus is the very, it's the declarative moment of the song. It's the, it's the bottom line. It's like, this is what the song is all about. We're going to sing a verse and then we're going to sing the chorus. And then we're going to sing another verse. It's different, but we're going to come back to that same chorus. Then we're going to sing a bridge and we're going to come back to that same chorus. So if you get a chorus and you know it needs verses, just remember that, that what you're, you're um, building around the chorus, it's just further driving at home. You know, it's explaining what the chorus is all about. About, you know the verses and then and then the bridge is like oh and yeah this also ties into it and then the vamp is like let's go you know one more thing before I go and get you know what I mean it's a story it really is a story and so courses usually come to me first but I don't need lucky socks or if I'm singing usually I'm singing before the Lord and I'm just singing to him something that I would say and it's just as simple as that if you can be inspired to say something to God that is fresh off your heart just like we did today like spontaneous worship then you can you can write a song it's that easy I love that and how often do you guys write I think it, for me, it goes through seasons because yeah. there's like, there's seasons of, I, you know, I have a full-time job at a church. So there's seasons of just like building church and, and just doing that and doing that a lot. And I don't know if any of you are part of church, if you volunteer, if you work for a church, you know that sometimes it can be pretty full on <laughs> and absolutely no joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I see those eyes over there. Um, Yes, it's it, it goes in waves. Yeah. So I think um, probably not as much as I, I feel like I yeah. should. And the, the interesting thing for me about songwriting is that if I am out of practice, I am fully out of like my sweet spot. And so if I think I'm going to go to a piano and I'm going to be hit with brilliance, it is, I am mistaken um, because it's, it is a discipline, you know, like I won't, I'll probably say it a hundred times before the end of this. Like it's a discipline. It's a muscle. It's yeah. important that you exercise it. It's something that God has given you. Yes. But things that God give you, you have to have stewardship over and you have to honor and you have to, to grow. And so I, you know, if I try to write a song today, it would probably be harder for me than it would be if I'm writing every day. Yeah. And so we try to have like really um, 
we have tried to have seasons of songwriting where we're doing it every day and we're in the swing of it and yeah. we're and we're practicing and we're failing a lot and hopefully we succeed once or twice hopefully you know <laughs> if god if god wants that um but yeah i think it's it's right now i i haven't written as many songs as i would like but it really is just seasons yeah. for me something about that do you do you have like any kind of system yeah. to like writing like in terms of when you write and, well okay so and and I say this like when I if I do like a worship workshop this is what I tell all worship leaders or anybody who's going to be singing on a stage in front of people you should already be doing all of that in private yeah. period yeah. period and that is where the song of the Lord is going to fall on you and so if you're, she's talking about it being a muscle, if you're doing it in private, you're not going to be uncomfortable doing it in front of people. It's just like knowing a celebrity. It really is. If you talk to them in private, you know, you're not going to be looking weird, you know, when you're in front of people trying to be all close to that person. Does that make sense? You can always tell when people actually have an intimate relationship with this famous person and the people who don't. And so I just think that most of us, and the, and we come from different songwriting worlds, you know, like I, tr I travel and sing by myself for the most part. So I have more time to, to do that. And, and I'm plugged in at a church. I help out when I'm in town and I love doing that. But, but I think that one of the things that settles it for me is that my prayer time, I turn that into just me, just singing to him, just not a song that I know, just singing to him things that I might say to him because I'm a singer and I dare not get on a stage and put on an act for people and that not be con deeply connected to my private life. Yeah. I think that's great. It's beautiful. And I think the a great thing that Mariah talked about is just failing. I think learning how to write songs that are like, okay, this one's not good, but we're gonna keep on writing. Because when we did the second retreat, it was just like, it's an, it's less pressure when you're just like, every song that we write doesn't have to be a great song. And people quit sometimes because they think things are too hard. So instead of actually trying, like, oh, I don't want to try to write this song, it's because it's going to be too hard. So we do do nothing at all. And I love the bravery of I'm going to write, even though it's good, I'm going to write in my private time. I'm going to allow it to flow from who I am in my time with God. I think that's such a beautiful picture of the way that we should look at songwriting and look at the moments, the, the gifting. It's not just any song. This is a song of worship to the Lord. Say something just because I was thinking about this. Like, you every time you talk, it just triggered. That's why I like for you to go first. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a sponge and you are a faucet, right? And so you're constantly just soaking up things all around you. And I learned that when I went to school for the art of storytelling, and it challenged me as a songwriter. And and so, and then you notice if you go out of town for a long time, you gotta let your water run for a little bit. You know, you can't just turn it on and take a shower. It might be brown or whatever. You know, if you go to town for months, I don't know. I just moved into my apartment and I had to let that water run <laughs> because it hadn't been running for a while. And so you got to get all that dirty, the rust out. And then the, then the clean flow comes and you tap into that other. I love that. That is awesome. What's some practical advice that you would give to someone who is uh, looking to improve as a songwriter? You know, okay, because the fact that I am a songbird means that everything I'm going to say is going to be like overly deep and sensitive and, you know, so it may not seem practical, but, but 
I'm going to dig into my practical purse and pull this out. <laughs> I would say that, um, you know, find some people that you trust their opinions and start, you know, showing them your songs. Send them to people. That I do, That is so hard. So hard. I didn't know <laughs> that I was as sensitive as I Because I can hide behind a text message and be like, oh, yeah, thanks so much. But I'm going to go cry in the car. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> But, you know, it takes, you know, putting it out, trying it out, you know, submitting it to your worship team if they'll allow you to try your song out. And just see how it hits and and learning to, you know, I mean, sometimes you got to know who you're writing for. Are you writing for corporate worship? Then don't put 10 billion words in your song. Don't put five verses in there. Unless it's a song like, uh, what's that song? A hundred billion times. Now, you know, they yeah. got away with that because that song is so powerful. <laughs> But it's got to be that level for you to get away with something like that. Seriously, because I heard that it takes a crowd seven times of hearing your song for wow. them to really get it. And that's what you want. You want them to be able to sing along and go with you into that place of worship. That's great. I love that. Um, advice. I'd say um, don't let anything be your baby. So I think with that, like asking for feedback, that's so important. But you also have to be um, like oh, very open-handed. So I know sometimes like we ask people for advice just in our lives. And then when they give it to us, we're like, oh, but that's not what I wanted. Um, and instead of approaching people with that mentality of like, I want to hear what I want to hear, being willing and ready for that. And so I think when you're writing for anything, like especially that you want people to sing corporate worship, um, you have to be prepared to stand in front of people and um, crash and burn. And I've, I've crashed and burned many times at our church. And the best thing is that we, we had a thing called midweek every Wednesday. And that's where we would do all of our new songs because they're, they just love us. They love every single singer, no matter how bad or crazy, how bad the song is or what on earth is going on. They just are ready for it because they choose to be there at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday night when you can't get anywhere in L.A., you know, so they're they're just happy to be there. And so we come to them with open hands singing songs that um, they're trying so hard to like and we know immediate when you start a song that you know is not going to work the first note you know this is bad this is wrong can we stop it is it too late I want to die get me out of here take me now Lord um <laughs> it's like off the stage you thought it was good the first note you're like no I was wrong I'm so sorry um so to come you know to a yes I would go to a single group of friends or a person before you go to a church um to do that because you need to be open-handed but even so like when you're standing in front of people, be ready for it to be bad. You know, there's songs that that I love, that I cherish, that still to this day, like they just haven't worked yet. And um, they're not my baby because I wrote them for Jesus. So for me, it's, it's, um, it's not here nor there. Like, of course, it's something that I poured myself into and I would love for it to be great and I want to be great. Um, but I know that not everything that I do is great. And so I'll always strive to be as excellent as I can, especially in my songs to Jesus. But if it doesn't hit, then I'm, I'm okay with that because I never believe that the, the, 
the best song that I've wrote this far is not the best song I will ever write. Yep. My best songs are yet to come. My best moments are yet to come. And so everything is open-handed, and, and I'm, I'm willing to fail, and I'm willing to, for, to write many bad songs. And so I think just not letting anything be your baby is the best thing. That's awesome. I think that as creatives, it's easy to want to hoard what you have and not share it because you're afraid of what people will think of it. But it's not until you release it and get feedback and get input where you can get better at things. It's like allow other people to speak into your work. I think when it comes to writing, sometimes I can, if I'm writing a sermon or I'm writing something, I'm like, oh no, I don't want anybody to hear it until I preach it. And then like, I, I'm like, oh, let me share with a friend. I'm like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, good thing. Because like you're working on something in your head for so long, and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then they're like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> and you have to, I think for just creators, we just have to allow ourselves to involve more people in the conversation. I think that's why co-writing is so important. Getting different voices around is so important. Just like be free to let other people speak into what you're working on and not be offended. Yeah. And not be like, oh, well, I really, like somebody's like, all right, take out this line. And you're like, but this was my favorite line. Yeah. You have to be ready to let that line. go. It's always like, but none every of line's your favorite line. line. It's, it's your my line. favorite one. I think that'll set people free if you don't have that burden of saying, hey, like, I'm okay with letting other people speak into my work. And that comes with the lives that we live too, allowing people to speak into our lives and not living closed off. I think it just, it works in, in all aspects of it. But like, even knowing when to let go, mm-hmm. you know, like, and to just back off. Yeah. It's, it is hard yeah. because you want to be defensive. You just over have to, it. <laughs> like, let me just be done with it. Like, it's like, let it lay it to rest if it needs to happen. I believe that really songwriting, it really flows from like the lives that you live. And, and I, don't, I don't think you could write any better than you live. Like you can't, li- you can't write above the life that you're living. And, and so the practical, I think is so important for songwriting, but really what has been foundational for you guys spiritually when it comes to singing and songwriting and releasing the song of the Lord? Because you hear a song like Tremble and you're in an arena and people are shouting the name of Jesus and the presence of God is there. And that can only come from a place of time with God. And so what does that really look like for you guys? Um, Spiritual formation, spiritual foundation of just like your daily lives outside of just like writing. Like what do you what do you do to fill yourselves up? Um, I think it's, I mean, it's so important to do the things, to read the Bible, praying. Like, I think for me, it's the being around people that are better than me, (laughs) being around people that are stronger than me and, um, and still support me and love me. And I'm out of town a lot. So it's really hard to, to surround myself with physical people. Um, but it's it's important for me to also pursue that and not just expect that it will come to me. And so I think it is like when I'm away from people, I'm the most disconnected from God because I forget yeah. to pursue God because I'm not pursuing anyone. I'm not pursuing people. I'm not pursuing friendships. I'm not asking for people to speak into my life. And so um, my my relationship to people to me is my window into my relationship with Jesus. And, um, I'm like an isolator. I, I run into my cave very deep and very fast. Um, and so I have to, and I, maybe it's an artist thing. Maybe it's like, (laughs) I don't know, but it's, um, I know I'm aware of it and I see it and it's really hard for me to come out sometimes to, to, pull myself out my on my own but 
I know that the way that my relationships look, look is the way that I'm relating to God. Wow. And so if I've run into my cave, I've isolated myself from everyone that I love, including God. And so it helps me to see, to look at my friendships, look at the people, not just that I rely on, but that rely on me. Um, because those are the people too that like, if I'm investing in them, I know that I'm connected to God because when I'm investing in them, I'm, I'm relying on God to invest in them. And I'm, I feel like I'm speaking on behalf of God and I'm, I'm pouring into their lives on behalf of God. And so it's just like a, a picture of the way that I'm doing and, and how I need to be doing things differently because I think I know what to do, but it's, it's being aware of when you're not doing them and when you're not doing well. And so if you don't have that like way to know if you're doing well, that's when it gets a little yeah. scary and, yeah. and hard to travel and do what we do and, and not be connected because it's people's lives at risk. So if you're not doing well, then you're risking um, everything because if you are standing there and, and worshiping and, and, trying to bring this moment in a room and you're not doing well, it can change the environment in a negative way. And so for me, it's, it's, it's not messing around at that point. If, if there's no connection there, I have to like reevaluate things in a serious way um, because there are thousands of people in a place like last night and, and to, to not be connected to God is life or death to me sometimes because there are people in there that, that have never met yeah. Jesus or never heard the name of Jesus or have never heard the voice of Jesus. And if I can't hear the voice of Jesus, then um, what, have I, what am I doing standing there and representing him? So just looking at my relationships and knowing where I'm at. Yeah. I'm just going to tag on to what she said because what you said was so good, and I don't think I even need to add on to it, but you just painted a beautiful picture of iron sharpening iron for us. And I think that what sometimes that we don't realize is when we're up there and we're under the anointing and God anoints us to minister to a vast amount of people, we are just humans in a Power Ranger suit. And then we get off the stage and that's gone. And we have to recover from that. And you need to be mindful of that. You need to be mindful of even just you recovering from that moment. Not that it's, you know, bad for you. Your flesh is never going to like being in the presence of God. You're fighting your flesh daily. You know what I mean? And so just putting safeguards around yourself. And, and I'm an introvert too, but I'm a pastor's kid. So I'm really great at faking it, you know. Um, but, you know, it can be like draining for me. And, and I don't know if it's an artist thing too, but. In my life right now, the one thing I've had to become intentional about is building relationships. I think that's so key. Because if you're thinking about the people in the room, it makes all the difference. You're thinking about the relationships, the lives that need to be changed. That's where your worship is going to flow out from because you know that it is life and death for some people. Like if I have the opportunity to get on a stage and sing or do whatever, I'm doing it because lives are at stake and people are going to be reached and people are going to be touched. So... My prayer is always like, God, I don't know who's in the room, but I pray that whoever's in the room, that this touches them and this blesses them. And that always gives you a heart where it's not about, I hope I do really good. Like you're going to do great because God has anointed you to do great. But it's more like now I'm connected to the heart of God because God's heart is I want the people in the room to experience me. And so I think it's like you're thinking the same thing that God is thinking when our eyes are on people. Yeah. And it, that's so key. Just like thinking about the people that God has set in the room. Yeah. So what inspires you guys? Are you guys reading anything, listening to anything? Like, what do you draw your inspiration from? Just just life. 
I feel like life is enough inspiration, right? Somebody's struggling out there. (laughs) The struggle is real. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, like, it's almost like life is built to to push you towards God. And if you don't realize it, you'll miss out. And so I find myself constantly um, running to, okay, what was the question again? Make sure that What in, what inspires you? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I felt myself going into a cornfield with no way out. <laughs> that is an artist thing. I I do operate with what that are you talking brain. About? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? No, no, no. Um, I find myself. No, I just find myself like crying out to him, and then and then realizing that God used something in my life to turn my heart back towards Him, so that I'll realize that I am nothing without Him. And so when we were talking about you know relationships are important, we're not discounting the fact that every time we sing and minister, it's from a a platform and a foundation of relationship with him and knowing Jesus and knowing the Holy Spirit because he is the connection in all of those relationships really. But yeah, just life, man. Like you just go through tough times and then, and then you realize, oh man, I forgot about God. And he's using this moment to, to help me to be inspired. And then you go through heartbreak. I don't know if I got any people out there who have been inspired by heartbreaking situations or a betrayal or whatever, or things that you're excited about. I just write about it all. Use everything. Your entire life is your content. <laughs> okay. For songs. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think in everything she said, yes. And also I think it's for me when I was really young and I was trying to write songs, it was other people because I had zero life experience. <laughs> And, and so I think if you're in a place where you're like, I don't, maybe you don't have extremes yet or you haven't been in touch with where you're actually at and maybe that's something God's breaking down in you, but there are stories all around you. So and um, so there, there are lives, there are stories, there are people, and especially in church, it's like, if you don't know your church, you can't lead your church, like, and, and where you're investing, like, like, I I love that we get to come here because it's something special for us because we know some of you and we have like done life with some of you. And so it it has a different kind of weight than just walking into another room. And it doesn't mean that that's not powerful as well. Um, but to actually know the stories of the place that you're, that you're leading is something special. And even if it means you're walking into a brand new place and you're leading worship, get to know one person so that you know the story you know one story um and so I I think like yeah it is all of your life experience and there are also so many stories around you that if if in the moment you're all good and you're singing all these happy songs but you want something more like there are just plenty of people out there whose story needs to be told who want who want to be represented in a song and and in a person and so I think it, it's both. It's it's your life experience and also the way that other people relate to you and the stories of other people is so important to tell. I love that. I think it's beautiful drawing from experience, other people's experience, the people that you know, you know who you're singing to, you know, who you're writing for, which is beautiful. But I really believe that God is doing something special in this generation. You can sense it even at this conference, just God's just doing something new. And, and you know, in Isaiah, it talks about that God is going to do something new. 
you know, that um, that he's preparing something new for his people. And oftentimes we can draw from inspiration and we can draw from things that um, other people have done. And I think that a lot of times as creatives and songwriters, we can be inspired and want to do exactly what someone else is doing. And I think that inspiration is important, but I feel like I, I completely know that God uniquely has gifted each and every person for something different. So how do you help people who feel like uh, they want to be inspired, but they don't know that line between inspiration and um knowing, hey, when do I not take everything? Like, how do I find a unique sound and a unique voice? How do I draw from inspiration, but then also have a unique way to express myself? Okay, I'm going to go first because that means if her answer is better, you'll forget about mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, you know, I think that authenticity is like so important, right? We talked about how like you're a sponge. There is a, there is a unique sound in you that only you can make. There is a story that you've lived that only you can tell. And I think that we get into trouble. It's okay to write for culture. Okay. I get it. You know, wanting to be relevant and stuff, but what if you are next? What if you are the next thing that people are going to uh, fashion themselves after and try to uh, emanate and sound like? What if you are the one who is supposed to turn the tide and you're holding back a sound that's in you and just kind of going with what everybody else is doing? Then you're holding back that your entire generation. You know, there's you, you have to see yourself that way. You are a deep well with a stream that only you can release. And I know that I'm um, sounding all deep and stuff, but you just got to know that, man. Like, we need you. We need the sound. We need the sound that is going to grasp the ears of the people who are, whose stories are not being told, right? Who are not into to church because they haven't heard that sound yet. And God did it that way because there's a place for you in this world. And he wants you to know that there are people that will only respond to your story. They will only be touched by your sound. You have to see it that way. And so that's why I think authenticity is important. And then the songs that come from heaven and the songs that God drops on you, those are the ones that live generations beyond. Songs like hallelujah, hallelujah, right? Don't you just feel the anointing when we, I mean, kids can sing that. I sing, I mean, I was youth pastor. We would sing that in youth church. The Holy Spirit would just be there. You know, so you just, you never know what God's going to pull out. Don't be afraid of your sound. That's great. That's so good. It's amazing. Um, I would also say just don't be worried about defining yourself. Like one moment doesn't define who you are. One song doesn't define who you are. So that's something I've had to learn a lot about is like, Every time I've wanted to do a different musical thing, I'm like, well, this time it's this. <laughs> and what I've had to learn is that defining myself by one song or by one choice is not the same as having a clear vision. And so I have a clear vision of who I want to be. Um, and the sound, and it might sound different every time. That's, That's really good. That's great. And so, um, so you won't know who you're going to be unless you, like, take a step. Till you write a song, till you write a word, till you play a note. Um, it just, you start, it's, it's like as you grow up, you start to become 
who you're going to be and you start to see who you want to be. And I think it's the same in songwriting and in artistry. It's like every time you take a step, every time you write a song, you start to become the person and creating the sound. And um, sometimes it does start with loving what someone else yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is like a vision thing. There has to be at some point a, de- a decision that you can make that says, I actually like this for who I'm going to be and not just I like this for who someone else is and I just want to copy it. It's like, okay, I can take that as a starting point. If you don't know where to start, that's always great. I've copied so many people when I was young and and even still, it's like I see people and I just admire them. I admire the way that they do it. But usually it's the the essence of what they do and not so much what they're doing. And so... I try to apply the essence, and a lot of times, like, the essence of something looks different when you do it. And so, um, yeah, I would just say, like, don't put yourself in a box. Um, Don't let other people put yourself, put you in a box, because I think people can, people like to look at something and identify it for themselves. But that doesn't mean that that's what it's called. And so just continue to, like, push the limits and push yourself out of whatever box people put you in. I think that's great. It's a journey. Like you, you got to start somewhere, yeah. but then through different seasons, develop your sound. And I love that your sound can change and not being afraid of it changing from season to season. Like, I don't want to be where God was. I want to be where he is. If God's doing something new, I want to be able to hear the new thing that God's doing and not be stuck in this. Oh, like, but I always do it this way or always has to sound this way. I think that's so key. And so we're going to open up for Q&A in just a second. But I just wanted to ask one last question. It's going to be the fun part. What is the greatest lesson you've learned so far as a singer, songwriter? The greatest lesson, like the most profound, deep. No, what's just something great that you've learned that you just probably carry with you, you know, as a songwriter and as a worship leader? The thing I can think about in this this moment that is the greatest thing I've ever learned is just love what you do. I think like I'm in a season where my whole family's in ministry and uh, it's not like worth not enjoying what we do to lose people we love. And so um, God is wherever is going to meet me wherever I am, regardless if that's on stage or not, regardless that's if that's in front of a church or not. Um, and I will always pursue God regardless of where that means I'm standing. And um, I think just just having a, having a conversation with my dad and just being like, we have to love this, you know? Like, there's no point in just agonizing over your life. Like, God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to live this expansive life and this free life that you love and that you want to wake up every day and be so excited for. And obviously, there are seasons of not loving your life, and that's okay, too, because you got to push through those. But at the end of the day, knowing that you're going to be proud of who you were and what you did in your life, and um, I think that's what I'm I'm going through because I feel like I've... I've been in seasons where I'm obligated to every day and to um, the things that I feel like I'm a slave to and deciding that, um, especially within worship leading, you should never feel that way and it should never be an obligation. And every, every time you 
are scheduled or you are doing anything that has to do with the church, if you come in with a heart that is obligated, you ruin the culture of it. And you ruin the culture of the beauty that Jesus had created church to be and worship to be. And so I would just check yourself every time and and make sure that if you're feeling obligated, it's okay to step back. It doesn't, if it means you lose your spot, that's okay because God opens up spots all the time. And it, and it means that someone else is stepping in that doesn't feel obligated. And um, we should be completely excited to move from where we were so that someone else who loves it can step in and rise up. Because that just means there's a place for you somewhere else. And that that place is for someone else. And so I think just just checking myself constantly of being like, do I feel obligated? Does this bring me joy? And um, am I taking someone else's place that wants this more than I do or that loves this more than I do? Um, am I staying somewhere too long? Wow. So I don't know. That was like a lot of things. So oh, that's, that's just... Crazy. <laughs> that's all I could think about. And again, I'm not going to say too much because that was really awesome. Um, no, I really don't. I actually don't have a lot. That's That was my excuse. Um, no. But I just think that, okay, so the one of the best lessons I've ever learned, you talked about it. You said that you made a deal with your dad that you would say yes every time he asked you to sing. And um, so the best thing for me, because, you know, some of you are not going to lead worship from a stage with music behind you for the rest of your life. You're going to lead worship in other ways, right? In parking lot ministry, whatever that is, it's all connected. And so your season is going to change. So you just need to make a decision that for the rest of your life, you're going to be a yes man, yes woman, and you're going to do it scared. Because every next step is going to challenge you. And it should, because you should be growing. We should be growing. And so just decide, like, hey, if, you're, if your leader says, hey, I want you to speak next week, you know, and, and you're used to singing, then say yes. Because that means that God showed them that there's other, there are other giftings in you that need to come out. And you just need to to just say, do it shaking and scared. Because if you're, I mean, if you're scared anyway, you're leaning more on the Lord and he can, he can take over the situation more than if you felt like, I got it. I got the will, Jesus. I'm going to take it right now. You know? So just, yeah, be a yes man, yes woman, and do it scared. Yeah. I think it's great because you'll go through different seasons of life. I have not sang on a stage in the year 2019 at all, but just learning how to be content where you are. I can say, hey, I have worship in my heart, but God has called me to do something different in this season and learning to embrace the different places that God has you. Like, I don't have to be on a stage to worship. Um, I can still do it from wherever I am. And I think it's just important being obedient in whatever season that God has you in and being content in the season that God puts you in. If God places me here, I'm going to be, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to be obedient. I'm not going to look to the left, look to the and hope that I'm somewhere else. Just knowing how to be in the season that God has called you to be in is incredible. Why don't we give it up for Mariah Doe? Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.